Well, good morning, everybody, again. If you have your Bibles, please turn to the Gospel of John, chapter 13. Gospel of John, chapter 13. We'll be reading uh, verses 1 through 20. Just a moment. Uh, yesterday, I've been on the road a lot this week, going down to the, to the reservation, back to the reservation, and back here, and back and forth, and then Yesterday, I had to go to Everglades City. Any of y'all been, ever been to Everglades City? That's way down the end of nowhere, isn't it? Yeah, and I had to go down there for a funeral. Uh, my Aunt Nita passed away, and uh, she's been married to my Uncle Eric for 63 years. He actually went through the, the years, hours, and minutes. Um, they have a very special relationship. My Uncle Eric was pastored First Baptist Church of Everglades City for many years, He's retired Border Patrol, and he was a highway patrolman. In fact, he trained my father in a highway patrol and introduced him to my mother, and he has apologized to me about that several times. <laughs> I said, but if that didn't happen, I wouldn't be here. He said, well, okay. Um, but the, my Aunt Nita was an amazing lady. Um, if you ever met her, well, she was from kind of out between Immokalee and Everglades City. Uh, way out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, well, Immokalee and Everglades City is in the middle of nowhere, but if you go back 80 years, it was really nowhere. And um, so she's from that area, and uh, she was an amazing lady. She just loved to serve God. She, I mean, she played piano. She did vacation Bible schools. In fact, my uncle, my uncle Eric actually he did most of the service yesterday. I don't know how he got through it, but he did most of the service himself, and I'm glad he did because the other preacher was a little shaky. But uh, he would tell the story of how when they took that church, they asked the deacons if they'd ever had, when was the last time they had a VBS? And, and uh, they said they can't remember and ask how many kids might come. And, well, there may be, you know, 15, 20. And the church is right across the street from school and they saw more kids walking so they started working hard and Aunt Nita started working hard and calling up people and going to see people you can pretty well visit everybody in Everglades City in a couple days time and, uh, and she called people from, from Naples and they had uh, 65 people the first night and every day they had to go back into Naples to get supplies and uh, because it, it, you know there were so many kids kept coming and kept coming Nita was a servant Man, if they, when they had a big dinner, she made extra and made sure she got some to people that couldn't have dinner. I got to tell you, I was a bit of, I was a sinnerful yesterday because I went back in to have the meal and all these people from out in the boonies brought collard greens and black eyed, fresh black eyed peas and, and fried chicken and it was a southern banquet and, uh, and there were some strange things that you don't get anywhere else but down there. And, uh, but it was amazing. And the thing was, is my Aunt Nita was just an incredible servant of God. I think she took this passage we're about to read to heart. Let's read with me, if you will, John chapter 13. We'll start verse 1. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, and that he should depart out of this world unto the Father, having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. 
And supper being ended, the devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he was come from God and went to God, he arises from supper and laid aside his garments and took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. Then cometh he to Simon Peter, and Peter saith unto him, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? Jesus answered and said unto him, What I do thou knowest not now, but thou shalt know hereafter. Peter said to him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. Then Peter said unto him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said unto him, He that is washed, and he doth not save to wash his feet, but is clean every whit. And ye are clean, but not all. For he know who should betray him. Therefore he said, ye are not all clean. So after he had washed their feet and taken his garments and was set down again, he said unto them, Know ye what I have done to you? Ye call me Master and Lord, and ye say, Well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, Ye also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that ye should do as I have done to you. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither he that is sent greater than he that sent him. If ye know these things, happy are ye if ye do them. I speak not of you all. I know whom I have chosen, but the scripture may be fulfilled. He that eateth bread with me hath lifted up his heel against me. Now I tell you before it come, that when it come to pass, you may believe that I am he. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that receiveth whomsoever I send receiveth me, and he that receiveth me receiveth him that sent me. We have quite a uh, picture here. The Lord of creation the one who, the Savior of the world, preparing to go to, to uh, the cross. They, they've just had the Last Supper, and uh, apparently they, they were maybe in a, in a place that's maybe a little bit secret because servants are supposed to, or slaves are supposed to wash the feet. And that didn't happen. And they had supper, and they had supper with the dirty feet, and then Jesus got up and he took control, and he became a servant and wash their feet. Our vision statement, reaching the world through the building of relationships. That's our dream, to reach this world through building relationships. Our mission statement, we're investing our lives and our treasure to build a Bible-centered, spirit-filled body of believers who exemplify Christ's love for the glory of God. If we're going to exemplify Christ's love. If we are going to reach this world through building relationships, we've got to understand what ministry or service is. That word ministry means service. It says especially of those who execute the commands of others. It's the ministration of those who render to others. 
is taking care of others. That's what ministry is. And if we are going to be the church in, that we dream of being, and if we are going to fulfill the dream, we have got to learn to minister. First of all, I want you to see the example of our Lord. We, uh, that's part of our mission statement, who exemplify Christ's love. We want to be an example. And look what our Lord did. He says, you call me Lord, and you say, well, for I am. If I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, ye also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. You see, we are to be an example. The Lord set the example, and we are to follow that. It's interesting that if you, you read through some of the other scriptures and, and uh, other gospel accounts, and you, you'll find that, that there's been some fussing and fighting going on amongst the apostles. They want to know who's going to be the greatest. They can't, isn't that, they were politicians. Okay. <laughs> I think probably the thing that, that um, discouraged me the most after I got saved and started following Christ is that I thought at church there wouldn't be, it wouldn't be so political. I didn't realize there was so much politicking going on within a congregation and within a groups. And whew. then I realized, well, that's what the disciples did. They were all trying to get that position of power. In fact, in, uh, uh, in Mark chapter 9, from verses 33 to 37, it says this, And he came to Capernaum, and being in the house, he asked them, by the way, that's probably Peter's house. And there's a, a there's in, in Capernaum, it's ruins now. That's one of the cities that, that Christ prophesied would be ruins because he did so many great works there, and not people just didn't believe. But then there in the within those ruins, there's a large house, and I believe it was Peter's house because he was kind of like the head fisherman of the area. And you can actually see that if you go up there. In fact, I'll get to see that here at the end of the summer. And, and Charlie and Mike there, and, and uh, Mark's back there pumping. Yeah, I can't wait. And, and, and Marilyn and Jan will get to go. They're going to go and see these things. But he's there, and he says, um, what was it that ye disputed among yourselves by the way? But they held their peace. For by the way, they had disputed among themselves who should be the greatest. That, doesn't that make sense, too? He's asking, why, well, what, what, are you, what are you guys fussing about? Uh -oh. I'm not going to say anything. Nobody's going to say anything. They realize that they shouldn't have been fussing. It says here in verse 35, And he sat down and called the twelve and saith unto him, If any man desire to be first, the same shall be last of all and servant of all. Then he takes a child and he, and he talks about uh, how to receive a child. In Luke chapter 20, uh, 22, we hear another part of this story. And, and he said, in verse 25, it says, And he said unto them, The kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and they that exercise authority upon them are called benefactors. But ye shall not be so. But he that is greatest among you, let him be as the younger, and he that is chief as the one that does serve. For whether is greater, he that sitteth at meat or he that serveth. Is it not he that sitteth at meat? But I am among you as he that serveth. You see, Jesus was an example, the greatest servant of all, and he's explaining to his disciples. Actually, he is explaining to us. If we want to be great, 
we are going to be the servants. We are going to be the ministers. We are going to serve others. Not only do we see who is the greatest, but we see the humility of the minister. If I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, ye also ought to wash one another's feet. I've done one foot washing service in my life. I did it for a young, uh, the, when, we were, when I was youth pastor here years ago. There was a, a kid, and I wanted to make a, a point to him that he is loved and that I, am, I wanted to be his servant, and I washed his nasty feet. He took off his tennis shoes, and it reeked. I mean, it reeked. And I thought about doing that today, and I thought, man, I don't want to do that again. But here again, you have the Lord of creation. You have the king of the universe. And don't you know those guys' feet were nasty? They walked everywhere. They wore sandals. You know they were gross. And the king of the universe lays aside his garments, wraps himself in a towel, and washes their feet. That's true humility. And if we're going to be great, if we're going to be servants, if we are going to minister, we have got to put aside our pride and become humble. The greatest are the servants, and to be a servant, you must be humble. Not only that, as we go on. Now let me read you a couple things here. I don't know where this came from, but somebody said this. Most people wish to serve God but in an advisory capacity only. I get a lot of that. <laughs> I get a lot of advice, but, well, would you like to do Well, no, no, I don't have time to do that, but if you would take care of this. Another quote. I love quotes. A guy named Richard Foster wrote this. He said, Self-righteous service comes through human effort. True service comes from a relationship with the divine other deep inside. Self-righteous service is impressed with the big deal. True service finds it almost impossible to distinguish the small from the large service. Self-righteous service requires external rewards. True service rests contented in hiddenness. Self-righteous service is highly concerned about results. True service is free of the need to calculate results. Self-righteous service picks and chooses whom to serve. True service is indiscriminate in its ministry. Self-righteous service is affected by moods and whims. True service ministers simply and faithfully because there's a need. Self-righteous service is temporary. True service is a lifestyle. Self-righteous service is without sensitivity. It insists on meeting the need even when to do so would be destructive. True service can withhold the service as freely as perform it. Self-righteous service fractures community. True service, on the other hand, builds community. See, our motivation must be pure. We must, it must not be about us. It must be with humility. That's what our, our Lord showed. I read part of that there. 
it seems like that, that sometimes we, are to, we like to uh, uh, distinguish between people. We'll look at them and say, oh, I'll minister to that folk, person, but I'm not going to minister to this. I heard a story yesterday about one of my aunt's uh, brothers. And uh, he, was, he did farming and stuff out in that area. And, and uh, he went to town to buy a new truck. And he went to the, the dealership and he didn't look too good. He had overalls and he, he, just, he just looked like one of those farm guys out. And so the salesman thought, I'm not going to mess with him. In fact, he was talking to him and somebody else came in that looked nicer. So the salesman just excused himself and went away. Well, this old boy just kind of shook his head a little bit, went down the street, bought him a truck, cash. He pulled it out of his overalls and paid cash. He, he had a little bit of a sense of humor, so he went back to the dealership he had been at before, showed up in the new truck, went to the salesman, showed him the receipt where he had just paid cash for a truck. I like that, don't you? You see, humility. That salesman, if he was smart, he would have been humble and he would have made a good commission and he would have had a good time, but... Not so. All right, as we go on, I want you to know this too. Happiness is found in ministry. John 13, 17. If you know these things, happy are ye if you do them. If y'all aren't happy, maybe it's because you're not serving. This last week at the uh, Seminole Reservation, we had a whole bunch of young people. You know what? They were happy. They had a good time. And they were working, they were serving, they were cutting bushes, cleaning bathrooms, scrubbing floors. They didn't just go down and minister to the, the kids, they worked on that facility. Now I got to tell you, some of y'all need to get on the ball and teach these kids how to mop floors, so they don't know how to mop floors. They, they, there's so many things that we kind of take for granted that hadn't been passed on to them. Somebody's been doing it for them. You got to quit that. They got to learn. These kids, these kids, though, they learn how to, to mop floors, clean bathrooms, empty trash. Boy, there's more trash than we went through. I went out by yesterday. The buzzers have it scattered everywhere again. Uh, they don't have enough dumpster space. <laughs> and uh, over and over. But you know what? They were having fun. They were happy. There is happiness in service. Oh, I want you to notice there's a shared work. Verse 14 says, If I then your Lord and Master have washed your feet, ye also ought to wash one another's feet. The book of Acts tells us in Acts 6, there's a little bit of contention going on in the early church. And uh, they were griping about the widows and, and orphans being served. And the apostles go, man, we're just one and wagon. How do we do this? How do we take care of all these widows, the, the Grecian widows and the Hebrew widows, and, and, and preach the Word of God and, and study the Word of God and teach and do what we're really supposed to and getting all torn up to having to do this waiting tables business? So they appointed some men. Do you know what those men were called? Anybody? Deacons. Yeah. By the way, you know what a deacon is? He's someone who serves tables. We've kind of made that office a little bit bigger now. A deacon is someone who serves. 
It's someone, by virtue of the office that the church has assigned them, cares for the poor, distributes the money to the, the, to the poor, takes care of the benevolent, takes care of the widows and orphans. That's what our deacons are supposed to do. That's their ministry. By the qualifications you see in 1 Timothy, that's a serious ministry. It's all about serving. It's about helping. And then when you are sharing that work, there's joy. There's joy in helping someone. <laughs> Two of our young people got to lead someone to the Lord for the first time. You should have seen their faces. You should have seen. <sighs> Eric, I'm going to talk about you. Took this little kid. He went to the back of this little boy. Eric, his name was Dallas. And Eric went and dealt with him and, and talked to him and, and, and Dallas accepted the Lord as a Savior. And Deanna, I don't see Deanna in here. She's probably going to come back for the, she was here earlier serving over there with her mom in the, in the uh, uh, hospitality area. She took a little girl. She tried to get Blake to go with her or Ben, somebody, and, and the little girl didn't want anything to do with those guys. I don't blame them. So she went out and she led this child to the Lord. I don't know that little girl's name. You should have seen the joy. You should see the joy. You know how, nice, how good you feel when you do something for somebody? Now I know the world tells us not to do that unless you get something out of it. Well, I'm going to tell you, you will get something out of it. You will get joy and happiness and satisfaction. The joy of helping someone. You see, if we're ever going to see our dream come through, if we're going to reach this world through building relationships, if we are going to exemplify Christ's love for the glory of God, building a, a, a church, a Bible-centered church, we have to engage in ministry. Let me quickly give you a few ways how we can do that. First, by looking for a need you can fulfill. By looking for a need that you can fill. Verses 13 to 15. Let me go through. That's the whole fish washing thing. Here's the deal. They came in. All of them knew that feet needed to be washed. Every disciple there knew it. They knew there was a need. But none of them would humble themselves enough to go do it. So the master did it. Can I tell you, if you want to fulfill a need around here, look around. Look around. I, I'm trying to teach young people the, the, the old thing where if you see a piece of something laying on the ground, pick it up. In fact, I watched a few th times to see how long it would take somebody to do that. And sometimes you have to go, you have to go tell them because they don't see it. But folks, if you just look around here, we need a lot of help. I can't do it all. And the few folks who are serving now can't do it all. We need help in, in children's areas. We need help in the nursery. You know, at the 11 o'clock, a lot of times my wife's in the, in the nursery, or a lot of times when Rebecca was coming to the, to the 11 o'clock service, she had to be in the nursery and never got to go to church. We're more and more people are starting to come to that service. There's a need there. Look, walk around outside. There's weeds. There's grass. We have a great grass cutting crew, by the way. 
but we, got, we need some edging. Just start looking around and say, hey, you know what? I can feel that. I can do that. Look around inside. Boy, have y'all noticed that our, our foyer, you know it hadn't been redone in, well, since Charlie. And you know those bathrooms in there? They haven't been redone since, I don't know, because that's the same thing that was in there in 1999 when we came here the first time. Think it looks a little dated in there, ladies? No, you guys like it? So... There's, just look around. There are needs all over. And there's something that you can do. So look for a need that you can fill. Second, consider your gifts and abilities. Romans 12, verses 3 to 5, talk about some of the gifts. It says, For I say through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. For as we um, have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we being many are one body in Christ, there's that unity we've been talking about, and every one members one of another, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the propitiation of faith, proportion of faith, I'm sorry. Or ministry, let us wait on our ministering, or he that teacheth on teaching, or he that exhorteth on exhortation, or he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. He that ruleth with diligence, he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. What can you do? If What are your spiritual gifts? And maybe you don't know what your spiritual gift is. Maybe we can help you. But what are your natural abilities? I got to tell you, one of the, the, the worst things that ever happened here is for Jim Hall to get older and move away. Y'all have no idea what all Jim Hall did. From, climb, <laughs> from climbing flagpoles and jumping ladders around and to everything that needed to be fixed around here, he'd come fix it. Jim's gone. We need some help. We have some buildings that need some work on them. We have things that need to happen. There's a toilet back there. We can't figure it out. It leaks. Then it doesn't leak. Then it leaks. I'm not a plumber. I get frustrated. I just want to take a shotgun and blow it up. What are your abilities? Some of you have great abilities and their needs are right here. Right here. D.L. Moody said this. Paul sums up five things that God uses. By the way, if you don't think you can be using, listen to this. God uses the weak things, the foolish things, the base things, the despised things, and the things which are not. When we are ready to lay down our strength and our weaknesses before the Lord, He can use us. Let's look for a need that we can fill. Secondly, let's follow the example of Jesus. Let's follow His example. That example of humility. Philippians 2. Let me read this passage. I want you to picture who we're talking about and then picture that person washing feet. 
If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, fulfill you my joy that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which also is in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore, God also hath highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name, that in the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of things in heaven, and things in earth, and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. This one who left heaven, became a man, humbled himself and allowed himself to experience death. Not an easy death. The death on the cross. A shameful death. Who took upon the sins of the world. Who took my sins and your sins upon him. Then conquered death. He was buried, he rose again the third day, conquering death. All of this to serve us, to seek and to save that which was lost, to serve us so that we might be reconciled to the Father, that we might have eternal life. What an example of humility. There are folks that come in here and clean, they never complain. They just go on. What a great ministry that is. Why do we have to be so prideful? Why can't we be like our Lord? We call ourselves Christians. Why can't we be like our Lord and be humble? One more example. Jesus had a mission. For the Son of God has come to seek and to save that which is lost. He gave us a mission. But you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall witness, you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and all Judea and in Samaria and the uttermost part of the earth. John 13, 34 and 35, a new commandment I give you, give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, you have love one for another. Once again. The Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. We need to stay on our mission. Investing our lives, our treasures, to build a Bible-centered, spirit-filled body of believers who exemplify Christ's love, all for the glory of God. As we focus on our mission, our vision, our dream will come through. True, as we reach this world through building relationships. This morning, let me take a few minutes. If you have your, your uh, 
bulletin on the front. It says some areas that you might be able to get involved. On the back table over there, you'll see Catch a Vision for Ministry, and there's several sign-up sheets there. I want to tell you what some of these sign-up sheets, because you see, this is going to be your invitation to start ministering. There's a nursery team. We certainly need help there. And you know, it's really not that hard, but we need help. Children's ministry team, we need help. Football concession team. All right, let me explain what that is. Port Charlotte High School has asked us if we would run their concession stand for their home games this year. We did it a couple times last year. Do you know what that's like? That, first of all, it's, it's pretty neat. But we have a public school inviting us on their campus to minister. And I tell you what, if you come, I'll buy you a t-shirt. And I know somebody's saying, you haven't got my t-shirt to me yet. I'm going to order them some more. And I'm actually going to go get some visors because they say that, that uh, you've got to wear a hairnet or a cap. I'll just get us some visors that have sun, say Sunshine Baptist Church. We can go, and, and as we're handing out that stuff, they know that Sunshine Baptist Church cares about kids and families. And let me tell you who really appreciate it. It's the moms and dads who normally have to work that, get to see their kids play ball. Sign up for that. Takes about 12 to 14 per game. And uh, it's just about six hours of hard work. But it's worthwhile. Outside maintenance team. Wow. There's lots of stuff going on. I don't know. I was looking this morning and I was telling Mike, because a, a wasp went flying by my head. I said, man, we got to get some uh, wasp spray and walk under it because you know what happens? They build a nest. And if somebody just needs to walk by and, and squirt them things down. Then as I was looking up to see if there was a wasp nest along, I said, man, I need to get pressure washer out here and pressure wash underneath these eaves. It's nasty. There's, obviously, we have lots of mowing to do. Edging. Weed pulling. Any of y'all gardeners? It looks awful around here over here. Let's plant something in those areas. Your grandpa, your grandpa had planted some, some fake plants over here. They look really good until the sun started fading them out. Let's see. Outside maintenance. Inside maintenance. That toilet back there. Ladies, I, I'm, I'm, I'm working on it. <laughs> Got to get those things fixed. There's little things all around. Need a little bit of fixing. Senior adult ministry. We need to get that thing going again. And uh, I need somebody to, to volunteer to help to put those things together. To be an activity type director. To, there's so many things. If you're interested in that, sign up. Hospitality team. We want to we want to get some greeters to meet people. Poor old Mike stands out there and he he's handing out bulletins and stuff. I try to get with him, but we need somebody that's better looking. I got a feeling when Mike and I are standing up there, <laughs> yeah. When Mike and I are standing up there, we might we probably chase people off. We need folks to help in here with coffee and with, the, uh, with the, the stuff. Sign up if you're interested in doing that. We want to do teams where we can do this. Homeless Coalition. In fact, tomorrow we, do, we feed the homeless at the Homeless Coalition. We need people that can cook. 
folks, I'm getting in a position where I'm not going to be able to cook all those meals. I've got to teach a few people how to cook. And I've had some people who have, have worked, asked about doing that. Here, here's the one thing about that that you need to understand. Lighting the stove and uh, really lighting the oven requires some physical ability to be able to get down on the floor and then be able to get back up. But when we have people that need to serve there, and, and I know sometimes we have sometimes we have so many people we don't know what to do with at the homeless coalition, and then other times we don't have enough people. We need to be able to help someone to help coordinate that and make sure we have enough people and not too many people and, and coordinate that. That would be great. That would be helpful. We minister there. Life group teams. So you know what that is. If you're willing to, to lead a life group, that's a home Bible study. Or you can even do it here. We've got lots of room. If you're wanting to lead a Bible study, put your name there. Or if you're interested in saying, well, you can host one at my house. I'll be hospitable. Put your name there. We'll put those together. Listen, we grow the most when we come together in small groups. 10 to 12 people, because most of y'all don't know more than 10 to 12 people in this room right now. You see people around, and you nod, and you say hello, and you shake hands, and you're friendly, but you don't really know that many. And it's really hard for us to bear one another's burdens in prayer. And when we have those small groups, those small home Bible studies, becomes very intimate. And burdens are shared. And ministry is done. And people grow. If you're willing to do that, we'll help you. We'll train you. We'll provide the materials. But if you're willing to do that. Good News Club, you all know about that. Wildlife. If you really have energy and can deal with middle school kids. We need help in our youth ministry. I can't do it all. I'm glad I got Blake over the summer. But coming in the fall, man, we got to have somebody, and we're not quite ready to, to hire a full-time youth pastor. But what about our folks getting together and ministering to these young people? By the way, they're not as scary as you think. Music teams. Okay. I'm not real musical. Those of you who come on Wednesday nights, and I try to lead songs, you know, it's, you know how bad it is. Okay. But we need, some of you may, some, there may be somebody out there that plays piano. If you don't play piano, pray for somebody to come in that plays piano. We need musicians. I'd love to get a choir going again, and singing groups, and all sorts of things. We need help musically. I know I like to listen to music. I just don't know how to put it all together. We need special music. You can serve there. A care and comfort team. Let me explain what that is. When we have people who go to the hospital, sometimes I can go by and pray, and then I need to go, but sometimes they need somebody to sit with them. Or when somebody comes home from the hospital, or they have a new baby. Pecky, you just keep having babies. I thank you for building our church up. But when they come home, they need some food. We can put together some meals to take to them. But I need a team of people to work and manage that. We need some help. What are the other things here listed here? Decorating. Man. I'm not real creative in decorations. In fact, one of the first things, one of the things Blake's going to do is 
We're going to take everything out of that tower and go through all the Christmas decorations. Somebody better be in here because I'll probably throw most of them away. We need some help decorating. Decorating for Christmas, decorating for Easter. We've got 4th of July coming up. Maybe we can get some bottle rockets going off in here. I tell you, well, some of my happiest ministries are shooting bottle rockets at water skiers. It was great. Um, decorating team and a kitchen team. Help keep our kitchen together. Um, Dennis and I will help you with that because we have certain ways we like things in there. But cleaning that kitchen, keeping it stocked, keeping, uh, helping with the dishes. There's all sorts of things you can do. Just ministering, just serving. The invitation is for you to, to sign up for some sort of ministry. You're going to see other things coming up too, more outreach oriented. That'll be coming up next week. There are so many places we can serve. There's so many things you can do to be a blessing. There's so many things that we, you and I together, all of us together, can do to make this an amazing church. Even more amazing than it already is. As we reach this world by building relationships with Him, with each other, and with those who are outside. Let's pray. Father, uh, so very thankful for the wonderful people that are here. Lord, for the ones who, who have a vision for serving and for ministering. And Lord, those who, who have that but have not been challenged, Lord, I pray that today they will find a place. They will look for something that they can do. And Lord, that we can empower them to do that and that you will use it to glorify yourself. Pray too, Father, if there's one here that doesn't know you as Savior, that they will receive the incredible gift that was given to us through the humility of Christ, who now has been resurrected and given power above all power, who is the greatest. Father, just have your will and your way any other needs that may be here, Lord, meet those needs. Help people make the decisions to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand. We'll play a, a verse of invitation.